Welcome to Small Business Spoonfuls Podcast, a laid-back discussion of the serious HR topics and trends of today. Sponsored by HelpDeskForHR.com. Awesome. All right. Well, welcome, everybody, to our April 16th show here. Uh, my name's Aaron Bowen, and we're going to be discussing today uh, work sabbaticals, uh, some updates to LinkedIn, and the growing movement of people taking breaks from work in the pandemic. Uh, so like I said, my name is Aaron Bowen. I'm the social media manager here at Helpdesk for HR. And uh, with me today, we've got Mason Merrill. He is our head developer and producer over at Helpdesk for HR. And Lisa Smith, who is our SPHR, SCP, EEOC certified investigator and CEO of Helpdesk for HR. She's got a lot of titles. Uh, welcome, guys. Thanks for joining me today. Um, so let's kick this thing off. So uh, like I said, um, we're talking about LinkedIn, um, adding options for users that include things like stay-at-home mom, stay-at-home dad, stay-at-home parent, uh, basically allowing people the opportunity to explain why they've been out of the workforce for a little while. Uh, primarily, it's been brought on by the pandemic. Uh, we've seen so many people leaving their leaving their careers for a break to take care of kids that are out of school to take care of ailing family members to take care of themselves um, there's a there's options for like FMLA leave as well things like that um, and it's just you know so many people are um, are having to factor these things in and um, I know it's been a, a big strain on on people's uh, mental health as well like we've talked about we talked about mental health in our in our last um, excuse me, in our last show. Um, and I want to get into, I, I think it's a great, first of all, that that LinkedIn specifically is doing this. I know it's, you know, one of the hugest recruiting tools on the internet. And uh, I'm sure there are going to be plenty of other places that will follow suit once LinkedIn um, implements this. And, and I also want to talk today too um, about a, as employers, are we willing to kind of look at this and say, um, all right, well, they, you know, this, this individual had a break for XYZ reason. Can, can we look past that as employers? Are we going to try to um, hold it over people's heads, even maybe a little bit like subconsciously? You know, we, we kind of might form an opinion about this person because, um, you know, personally, I think that that employers are going to definitely lose some quality talent if they start kind of having that attitude towards things. So um, I'm going to kick it over to, to Lisa. I want to see what your thoughts are on this first. Yeah, thanks, Erin. You know, I'm so glad that you came up with this topic for today because I get, you know, support emails constantly here at helpdeskforhr.com from our members. And we're getting a lot of related questions. Like today, I had a support question that came in that said, you know, basically just help me get my mind around the fact that my boss asked me if I needed a mental health day. Like, you know, she, and really she was a little bit stumbled by it. She's like, I don't know if this is racist or if he's trying to insinuate I'm crazy or, you know, like there were a lot of things going on in her mind. And, and I think that sometimes as, as, as bosses, as employers and as employees, we sometimes miss the miss the point of maybe what a person, another person needs or what they're trying to say to us. And, and so I think that's important for us to really try to take a step back and realize how this is going to come across to the other person. And then also when we're receiving this input to think about the spirit 
that it's really given with. Because like you said, Erin, we're all so stressed out these days. Like we may jump to a conclusion. And I like the the situation that you mentioned with uh, with LinkedIn and how it does bring up the question, are employers going to hold the time off against employees? And is that going to be viewed as an automatic flag or indicator that because someone has had some time off, maybe they are dealing with mental health issues? And are we going to have a bias that starts to creep into the workplace against those people when really it's the people that probably have been working hard through the pandemic that may really be having those stress stress and burnout issues. And so it's very complicated. No, absolutely. You're, you're right. It is, it is complicated. And I think, you know, I think one of the big things that complicates it even more so is that, you know, as employers, when we're doing interviews and when we're, um, when we're looking at prospective employees, even, pre-pandemic, it's still, it can still be so difficult because people embellish on their resumes and things like that. And, and it can be, it can be difficult to sift through people anyways. So, you know, it, it I, you know, it, this is a kind of situation where how much more difficult is it going to be now that we're trying to distinguish with somebody just kind of, you know, did somebody decide, oh, well, you know, the unemployment benefit, $600 a week was more than I was making before. So I'll, you know, I'll, I'll deal with being unemployed for a little bit longer and just take the unemployment benefits. Or is this somebody who really is hungry and ready to get back to work? Um, and I think especially in, in more professional environments, you'll see that a lot more where people really are ready, you know, hungry, ready to get back to work. Um, I know like for myself, you know, I mean, you know, my, my personal example was I was working like 60, 80 hours a week pre-pandemic in my last company. And I, and I just got very burnt out on, on the environment that I was in and started working part-time with the same company, but being able to work part-time from home, which was great. Um, and I was taking care of the kids. My wife was able to go full-time. She's a nurse. So, you know, there's always a need. And I found myself, you know, um, coming here instead, you know, and working from home, uh, do, doing this job. And then the pandemic hit and then, you know, my son was out of school and I had both the kids and I was working all day with both the kids and our business changed dramatically when the pandemic hit and it was like, it was like <laughs> that the whole reason I left the, the, uh, the other, the other working 80 hours a week job in the first place was just like trigger it again. So, you know, none of this has been easy for any of us. And, and I know, you know, basically everybody's had their life flipped upside down. So I would ex expect employers to be a lot more, um, welcoming, to individuals trying to get back into the workforce just because of those types of situations. Um, there's going to be a lot of one-off type situations like that, but yeah, I think there, I think there's definitely, I think there's hope for people in, in understanding these in these days. Um, Lisa, you had a comment? Well, actually this was a comment about everything you were saying just starts to open up all these other ideas in my head. And so I wanted actually to address Mason and, you know, because Okay, here's an example, and, and you may have some other thoughts on this, Mason, but here's an example of your wife who is highly educated, and pandemic or no pandemic, she has chosen, the two of you have chosen that she's going to be a stay-at-home mom. 
She's again, highly educated, speaks four languages, like not, not just the, and I hate to say this, but in the work world, sometimes men and women, and sometimes women more than men, um, paint the stay at home mom as just the mom with no skills that can't do anything but raise kids and birth babies. And, 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 and everybody needs to comment right now that you think that's a horrible way to believe because, because I think that's a horrible way to believe. Okay. But, but Mason, you know, that there are times when being that stay at home mom who is very capable and very smart and, and brilliant, it takes a toll. And in addition to knowing that it takes a little bit of a toll because she's not with adults all day. Um, in addition to that, if she were to go back to work, we know historically that her time doing that very important job of raising those babies, degree or no degree, languages or no languages, that's going to be held against her. Give us your thoughts on that. Yeah. You know, we, uh, she's probably more qualified than, um, me to <laughs> in the, be in the workforce, just based on what you talked about with her. And, um, you know, we made it as a choice. She's going to stay home and I'm going to go to work. And, you know, we have two young, young boys and they've got a lot of energy, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard for her to do extracurricular activities outside of just being the stay at home mom, because it is stressful and it does take a lot on your mental health. And, uh, you know, that's one of those things, especially, especially during the pandemic, um, you know, with all the added stress of what's going on in the world, um, things like that, you know, we, well, especially here with us, we kind of promoted a very lenient, uh, workplace in that sense where if I had to run home and help her because of this and that, you know, um, and you it being our boss have been in great in, in that, um, aspect, but yeah, it definitely takes a lot on your mental health just anyway, versus, having to deal with all this pandemic and all that kind of stuff and going back to work and readjusting to what she used to do and things like that would definitely not be an easy thing. Yeah, no. And I, I totally get that. You know, like I just, I know that I want to hear from Aaron again on this because he's, he's kind of had the reverse, the stay at home dad kind of scenario. And I want you to speak to that as well. But like, just from another perspective, for those of you out there who have been military families and in known military families, you know, I went from working hard, you know, 40 plus hours a week, killing it in my career to what I call a war wife, you know, desert storm started. And then we were in a new location and, you know, my husband was gone all of the time and I was at home with the kids, raising the kids in a foreign country with no Anybody else that I knew, no family, no spouse, no nothing, and not able to really go out and then work and keep my career going as well. And I know that after three years of being a war wife, basically, <laughs> during Desert Storm, that coming back into the workplace, I was very heavily scrutinized, even though I had done volunteer work and, you know, I'd worked with the Red Cross and try to coordinate some things, you know, whenever I could during that time, that was still... There was an element there that held that against me. And that was really tough, not only on my pride and my ego, but on my mental health. You know, that really made me feel kind of depressed, honestly. You know, Aaron, you know, speak to your experience there. Yeah, I mean, I I really agree. I, I mean, I was going to say, like, I don't know. I don't know the woes of being a stay at home mom, you know, obviously. But um, 
I would, I would, I would say if you think that's bad, be a stay at home dad because it's even more stigmatized. I, and, and, and the thing is, is I wasn't even really a stay at home dad. I was working, you know, my job and also staying home with my kids and raising them. Um, be, and I and I wanted to because I I never had the opportunity when they were little. Like I said, I mean, I'm I've been married for you know eight years now, and basically the entire time working at least fifty hours a week, if not more. And um, you know, growing up without my dad around a whole lot, it it really made me just want to be able to be around them more. But you get flack from everybody, you know, oh, you know, you've got your sugar mama, you know, and, and this and that and the other thing. And, and people really look down on you. And so and, and that plus the pandemic and everything and plus trying to, you know, help run a business, it, it can wear down on, on you for sure. And it did for me. But like I said, the, the big thing that propped me up was just knowing why I was doing it and knowing that I was doing it to be with my kids. And, and, and that was really like, that's the thing I had to focus on. I can't, you know, haters going to hate as people, <laughs> as, as people would say, you know, but, but for me, it was, it was really just trying to be there for my kids and, um, and, and keep that going. So yeah, that was my experience, Mason. Yeah. And, you know, so what's the overall point here, tying it back to the workplace and the employer and to things to think about here. Uh, you think about, when we're bringing people back in and me and Lisa have talked about this on our small business spoonfuls podcast a lot. The overarching message of things is uh, be reasonable with people. Don't just automatically jump to conclusions. You guys talked about that on your last episode or on our last live we did. And just really try to, especially in this time that we're in these unprecedented times we keep hearing about, you know, we want to be reasonable and be, um, caring towards our our talent that we have that way they're ready to come back in and they're ready to uh, start working and give us give us as the employer our, their best in what they can offer yeah absolutely and and the thing is is too you know as an employer like we should be prepared obviously for the fact that anybody that we bring on is going to have an onboarding period there there are there's very few like plug and play positions in the professional workforce nowadays that was a lot of peas i hope it didn't pop too much more peas anyways but you like the the expectation to like zero to 60 somebody um especially somebody who's rusty and hasn't been in the workforce for for a while is 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 uncouth <laughs> you can't do that so you know if you're if you're ready to bring somebody on and give them you know a lower quota if, like if it's a sales position or give them a little extra time for training because they're they're just like i said they're a little bit rusty they you you win people over that way i think as if you've been an employer for a while you should know you hopefully haven't missed the boat on the fact that if you're willing to invest in people both time and money give people a shot that you're going to get way more loyalty and way more effort out of somebody whom you just throw to the wolves or that you don't really see as a, as a, as a, as a necessity or, or they don't see that they need to work for you. Uh, but if you, if you really work with that person and give them that effort, they will give it back to you for sure. Yeah. And you know what? I like that idea or I like that, those comments, Aaron and, and Mason both. Um, the other thing I think that we have to consider as employers, as HR professionals, um, is that sometimes, you know, the work from home gig can be viewed as a glorified, just 
staying at home type job, you know, and again, can feel diminished. But I think that we're seeing with the pandemic, probably one of the only good things the pandemic has done for us is to show us that we can have more flexibility in how we work, where we perform our duties for a large part can be flexible. And that, you know, a lot of people have learned that they can work from eight to 10 in the morning and from three to four in the afternoon and from eight to midnight if they want to, as long as they get the job done. A lot of jobs don't, it doesn't matter. You know, like a lot of what we do here, it doesn't matter if it's done in the middle of the night or in the middle of the morning, you know, as long as it gets done, it doesn't matter. And so I think we're opening our eyes up to a little more of that. And hopefully, you know, we won't have all the stigmas that we're worried about. But in order to not have them, it's important to talk about it like we are here, you know, today. So I that's just my my big concern is that men and women both, but women are largely impacted by the stigma of being the stay-at-home mom that's uneducated and unexperienced and is wasting her life, you know. And I just don't want that to be something we take out of this pandemic. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that 110%. I think... I don't think anybody should feel bad about wanting to take care of their family. I mean, that's like, I don't know, family life nowadays, you know, not to go on a rant here or anything like that. Family life nowadays is just on the fritz. And so, you know, to be able to, to be able to actually take care of each other and, and, and it sucks to kind of have to have a pandemic to get to that point. Um, but I, you know, but, but a couple comments on, on, on what you had just said, um, you know, like for me personally, in, in the in the previous job that I was in, um, I, I was a, in in marketing sales, and you're right. There, there's a finite amount of hours in the day that I can call people, and and I have like I've had meetings and phone calls at eight o'clock or nine o'clock at night with people in um in Hawaii that are just like wrapping up their day basically, and and could actually have the time to talk to me, but it takes away from it takes away from my kids. So when I came here, my big thing was I can work as many hours as you guys need me to work, but I can do it like after they're in bed, like after I was able to, you know, hang out with them and play with them and make them lunch or whatever I needed to do to take care of them. And then when they're taking a nap, when they're doing their thing, like when they're playing outside, when they're asleep in bed, whatever, then I can get my work done. And we're seeing that a lot more. And I actually just posted a few days ago in the group, a, um, a list of, I think it was the top 12, um, positions and, um, and communities that you could get into making like a hundred grand a year working from home. It is out there. It is a hundred percent something that people can, can do nowadays. Um, I think the pandemic proved that we don't have to be in an office. It's helpful, but it's not necessary. It's not mandatory. And especially with however many, you know, conference programs we have nowadays, like restream that we're using right now. You don't you don't necessarily need to you know to be in that situation. Yeah, and then there's the devil's advocate side of that too, because like you know, I for me, I really enjoy working in an office. It's really hard for me to get a lot done at home, but that's also the roles we've taken as parents with with the kiddos, and you know, I have to be hyper focused for what I'm doing a lot of the time when I'm you know developing apps or editing audio or whatever it is that I'm doing for the task of the day. So. You know, there's pros and cons to both sides. It's nice that people are going back to work. I'm sure people are 
just socially um, invested and wanting to get back into, you know, the team building aspect of it where it can be a little more difficult away from the office. So, you know, it's really in the in the sense of it all, it's to each their own. But like, let's as in, as employers try to be reasonable with our employees and um, just look out for those mental health aspect things of just being away from each other for a year and not really seeing anybody. So anyway, I think we nicely covered that topic for sure. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. (laughs) I know. I know you're talking about like getting back together with people and like, I'm kind of nervous having to like go hang out with you. Like, do I want to get vaccinated? Cause that means I have to associate with the outside world. Like, I don't know. That's a little stressful. (laughs) But no, that 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 is a good that does put a good bow on things. And so I want to thank our viewers and our listeners today. Um, if you want to, we will have the replay posted on Facebook and both of our Facebook groups. And we will also, if it's easier for anybody, uh, have this um, set up on our podcast, the Small Business Spoonfuls podcast that you can get uh, wherever podcasts are available to you. Basically, I don't think there's any platforms that we don't have it on. Um, It's mainly, um, uh, sorry to interrupt. It's mainly Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, We didn't see many numbers on Stitcher. So if those are the two main ones you can get it at. And um, yeah, uh, you can subscribe to that. And if you like it, leave us a review or whatnot would be great too. And um, also, uh, yeah, that's what I have. Sorry. Okay, perfect. No, thank you. Thank you for jumping in on that. And so, yep, thank you. And until next time, we will see you guys next week. Um, Probably, I think we're planning on Tuesdays. Mason, do you had something? Yeah, that was the net, the other thing that I was going to say is um, mm-hmm. our. I think we're going to try to schedule these out to do them on Wednesdays and Fridays, but some days we might shuffle the days. So look for more content like this. And um, it's not our, it's not the deepest, toughest subjects, but we definitely like interaction. So if you, if you like what you see, leave us a comment about what you think about what we said and things like that too. So uh, definitely looking for more interaction in it. Absolutely. Yeah. Questions, comments, concerns. If you need me to cut my hair, I'll think about it. And uh, we, we will see you guys next Wednesday. Until then, be on it secure. Take care, guys. If you would like to learn more about our team and the services we provide, head over to helpdeskforhr.com. Our 8,000 plus members enjoy the essential training, tools, and support they need to keep up with ongoing legal changes as well as maintaining solid HR and employment law compliance. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you like what you hear, we'd love to hear from you, either by leaving us a review or you can email us at support at helpdeskforhr.com.